in, in Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, and we're going to read verses 7 through 10. Then we're going to go to Luke's Gospel, chapter 23, verses 18 through 23. There's two uh, places that we're going to be reading for an opening text today. Mark, chapter 11, verses 7 and 10, and Luke, chapter 23, verses 18 through 23. And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him. And he set upon him, and many spread their garments in the way. And others cut down branches off the trees and strewed them in the way. And they that went before and they that followed cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And as you've seen on that short video clip, that word Hosanna is translated and means, Oh, save us. Oh, save us. That's what they was calling out to Jesus as he was entered. Now let's go to Luke chapter 23, reading verses 18 through 23. And they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man, and release unto us Barabbas, who for a certain sedition made in the city, and for murder was cast into prison. Pilate, therefore, willing to release Jesus, spake again to them, but they cried, saying, Crucify him. Crucify him. And he said unto them the third time, Why? What evil hath he done? I have no cause of death in him. I found no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. And they were insistent with loud voices, requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them, of the chief priest, prevailed. Let us pray. Lord, as we come today, we're thankful and we're grateful for what you was willing to do for all humanity on that dreadful day so long ago. I'm asking you, Lord, for the next few moments. I'm inadequate, Lord. I'm, 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 I'm so inadequate. I'm not eloquent enough. I'm not bright enough. I'm not intelligent enough. I'm not that good of a preacher to be able to do this message justice. I'm asking you, Lord, to let the Holy Spirit hover through this place and capture the hearts and the minds of everyone here. That Once we leave here today, we will have a better understanding of your love and your grace and of why we stand here today. In the blessed, magnificent, holy name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, let everybody say, you can be seated. Hallelujah.
praise God. Thank you, Lord. I want to speak today on a subject titled, and the Lord, as I told you, gave me this, gave me this title during the missions, uh, during the men's conference. He never fit the mold. He never fit the mold. Hallelujah. Praise God. When we examine what many refer to as the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem and see all the excitement and near frenzy of the crowds on what has become known as Palm Sunday, it is hard to fathom that in just one week's time, they changed their cries from Hosanna, oh save us, to crucify him. We cannot picture it really, amen, what that scene looked like that day because it was a near mob. When Jesus got upon that donkey, and his disciples began to lead him into the gates of the city. They was taking off their, their jackets, their, their robes, and, and laying them down. And they was taking the palm leaves and branches, laying them down in front of them. They were screaming. There was all kind of shouts. I mean, it was just almost, it was just a frenzy like. And they began to say over and over again, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Save us, save us, save us, save us. What could have happened to change their minds in just seven days? How could they be so easily swayed by the Pharisees in just seven days to change their cry, Brother Paul, from Hosanna to give us Barabbas. Crucify him. What could have happened? What was it that made these people, some of the same people who was crying, Hosanna, one week, then the next week, crucify him, away with him. The simple truth is they couldn't fit Jesus into their mold of who they wanted him to be. They wanted Jesus, but they wanted him on their own terms. Somebody needs to hear this preacher today. Not too much unlike the generation that you and I live. Not too much like a lot of so-called apostolics today. We would yield to Jesus and we would serve Jesus if we could have him on our terms. Amen. If we could fit him into our mold. But I'm here to tell you today, church, he didn't fit their mold back then and he ain't going to fit your mold today. You can't box in Jesus. You can't. 
what the difference was. That's what it was. They couldn't fit him into their mold. Oh, man, this is great. Man, we got a man that we can make king who can feed us. Hey, they had something they thought better than food stamps. When we get hungry, all he's got to do is somebody bring him a cup of fish and a few loaves of bread. He'll bless it and feed us all. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is great. We'll make this man king. Hallelujah. Next time I have a headache, I won't have to go to the store and buy Tylenol. All he's got to do is breathe on me. Hallelujah. And the headache will be gone. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. We're not that much different today. Amen. We got to have things our way. Hallelujah. Glory to God, everything in the world today. Amen. Everywhere we turn, amen, we have to plead. Oh, hallelujah, that word. Amen. That word yesterday from the Flannery. Hallelujah. We are so self-centered in this world today. We got to have it all our way. I ain't going back to that church. They don't sing the kind of songs I like. Amen. They, they don't do this or they do that or whatever this. Hallelujah. We're trying to fit Jesus in the mold that we have made. And he ain't never fit the mold. And he never will fit the mold. Praise God. Jesus has got something great for you today. But I'm here to tell you, you're going to have to come to him on his terms, not your terms. Hallelujah. A lot of us are good manipulators. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The church is filled with manipulators. I'm just a... <laughs> oh, boy. I'm one of them that dropped out of school a little bit too early. And, and I, even though I did go and study and learn a few little things, I usually don't use those... $10 words that I, that I picked up in Bible college. And because of the way I carry myself, don't, uh, don't consider me stupid. Hallelujah. Because I can sit right here and I can take a piece of paper and I can just about write down every time some, somebody in the church, be it a member, or be able to who it is who tried to do things to manipulate me. Hallelujah. Let me get pastor on my side here. Hallelujah. But let me tell you something. They tried it with Jesus, and it didn't work with him. You're not going to be able to manipulate the Lord. 
He went through some stuff for you. He went through more stuff than anybody ever will. He loves you greater, hallelujah, than anybody can love you. He loves you greater than your own mama can love you. Hallelujah. Amen. But there's something he requires, and he will not bend, and he will not bow on. Hallelujah. That if you come to him, you're going to have to come to him on his terms, not your terms. My, 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 my. Hallelujah. He didn't fit the mold. There's three things that I want to bring out in the course of this message today, and I hope that you pray for us and help me with this. Number one, he was out of step with established religion. When I talk about Jesus Christ not fitting the mold of those people, Jesus was out of step with established religion. He come in breaking the mold. He come in breaking and messing up things the way they had always done them. Hallelujah. I'm a, the one, the, one of the best things that would be for a lot of churches today, amen, including those in Pentecostal circles, is somebody come in and just turn the whole thing topsy-turvy on top of his head, amen, and start putting this one out or putting this and start all over again because sometimes, amen, we get set in our ways and God can't use us. Bless the quietness, but it's the truth anyhow. Yeah. Hallelujah. We're used to, some people would die. <laughs> Bishop Shoulders in the, in the minister's part of the meeting yesterday morning made mention something about this. But there's some people who would literally die if they had to sit in a different pew than what they normally sit in. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bishop Shoulders told us yesterday, brother, he said when they built that building over there, he said, you know, you go into a lot of churches and you'll find people's names uh, on, on there. He said, I was determined there was going to be nobody's name on no pure in that church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. People get so settled in their ways. Hello, somebody. And not even the Holy Ghost can move us. Jesus was out of step with established religion. The religion that they had in his day was not doing nothing for the people's need of that day. Hallelujah. Let's think about it. After Pentecost, when Peter and John went up to the, uh, to the temple at the hour of prayer, there was a man lame. We all know the story. This is a Pentecostal favorite. We like what Peter said. We get to shouting about it. Amen. And she was sitting there begging arms. And he looked at him. He said, silver and gold have I none. Such a, everybody knows the story. Well, let me show you why that the established religion back in that day, Jesus didn't fit the mold. This man was sitting at the door of the temple. He'd been there for 40 years. The church, Brother Joseph, hadn't done his job. Why was that man still sitting there? Why was that man begging? 
There was all kind of money in the coffers of that temple that day. They, they were gold. Man, then people, I mean, you go back and search the history, amen, in the day's value, that was, would be billions of dollars worth of gold stuff in that temple of Jerusalem. That's one reason, amen, while it was destroyed, they was making sure they could clear it all out. But the established religion still left the man sitting begging. He couldn't get no help from, there wasn't no food stamps. They want no welfare. And let me tell you something. If the church today would be the church. The established church didn't do nothing to help that man's need. Hallelujah. We're trying. Talk, talk to the to missionaries. The men and women who, who, who obey God and go over there and preach, amen, to, uh, to third world nations. There's one thing that you learn as being a missionary. If you go and God sends you to minister, the first thing you're going to have to do, if you've got a bunch of hungry kids, you're going to have to get their stomachs filled because those kids and those people sitting there with growling stomachs, you're not going to be able to tell them about the love of Jesus. That's one reason when they go to Haiti, they spend one whole day taking 100-pound bags of rice sitting there all day long. Well, and, and, and little old scoop and scooping them in five pound bags and, and, and stack stacking up to when we go 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 out would have something. Hallelujah. The established religion of Jesus' day, he did not fit their mold. I want you to go to Matthew chapter twelve. I'm gonna read something here. We're gonna read verses one down through fourteen. Hallelujah. Matthew 12, 1 through 14. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you. And at that time, Jesus went out on the Sabbath day through the corn. And his disciples were a hundred and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. Here we go. He's booking establishment. Whether or not you ever realized or not, Jesus was a radical. I said Jesus was a radical. Hallelujah. When the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, and they that were with him, how he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priest? Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath day the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place it's one greater than the temple. Hallelujah. 
But if you had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. You would have have not condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. Woo! Let's go a little further. And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And they uh, that they might accuse him. And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that if you have one sheep, if it fall into the pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay a hold of it and lift it out? My, my, my. Hallelujah. How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then he said to the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like the other. Notice then, verse 14, Then the Pharisees went out and held counsel against him how they might destroy him. This was recorded in the beginning of his ministry. Not in the last days, but in the early days. They was already looking for some kind of way, amen, to get rid of him because he came, amen, and he would not fit the mold of establishment of religion. Now listen to me, church. Let me say this and I'm going to move on. Established religion today is not going to get the job done. Denominationalism is not going to get the job done. Apostolicism, who just stays in the four walls of their confines and does their little Holy Ghost two-step, amen, and don't do nothing to reach out, don't do nothing to evangelize, is not going to get the job done. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. There's people out beyond these walls that deserve to hear what's being said today a whole lot more than what anybody in here does because a lot of us here today have heard this 1,000 times and we're still letting it go to waste. So that was one thing. Another thing, he had no aspirations of earthly rule. Now this was really something that calls a quick turnaround in just a week's time. Hallelujah. You see, when Jesus came riding into Jerusalem, remember they was crying, Hosanna, save us. Do you understand how they misunderstood the purpose of Jesus being there? Why he was really there? Let me put it in perspective that you and I might understand. Let's say that Russia invades the United States. And every time you get out of your house and you go down the street, you don't, you don't see a police car, but you see a Russian soldier. They're coming in. They're taking what they want when they want it. You follow me? They occupied. That's what the Romans was doing to the city of Jerusalem when Jesus was there. 
they had come in and they had occupied, they had taken over everything. And when they was crying for Jesus to say, listen, they wasn't thinking about their soul. That's one reason why they was able to change so much. They wanted to make Jesus the king. They thought if they could take him up, kick Herod off the throne, get Pilate out of there, set Jesus on the throne, amen, they would create an army and run the Romans out and everything would be hunky-dory. That's what they thought. That's what they thought. That's what they expected. Hallelujah. But he broke their mold. He didn't have such aspirations. What did he tell them? He said, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. Hallelujah. I came to lay my life down. Hallelujah. Not to sit up on a throne right now. That is not, that's not in the planet right now. Hallelujah. So the reason why those people change their minds so quick. It's the same thing as what we see today. How many people? Let's see. 1991. 1991. When Brother Hale stepped down. <laughs> We're here. All these years after the fact, thinking about filling up the pews, they're real smoky. Some of them are all dirty and smoky. But not long ago, going through some stuff in the, in the building out there, I found a box that was taken out of the church. Book upon book of people's names that I have baptized since 1991. We got, we, the record is still there. They didn't get all burnt up. And I promise you, I can go up there and get that stack and you get black soot all over your hands. But if people got really established in the church, everybody that I baptized, we would not, there would be standing room only in this place this morning. Where are they at? They liked those people back then. They cried out one day, oh, save me. Within five of the seven days, they're saying crucify him. Why? Because we can't get him on our terms. Hallelujah. We can't get him on our terms. Let me give you one more point, and I'm going to wrap up my message today. Here's another issue that made the world and even the church world upset with the Lord. <laughs> he became a friend of sinners. He became a friend of sinners. Matthew chapter 9, verses 10 through 13. Let me read that. And it came to pass, as Jesus said it meet in the house, and behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, 
That was the religious elite of that day. They said to his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? And when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. I have literally heard Holy Ghost filled people make the comment, well, bless God, I don't have, I don't have no fellowship with them sinners. I, I ain't got one person that I can say is my friend that's a sinner. You know what? I, they, they took pride in that, but you know what I say? I say shame on them. Hallelujah. If you don't befriend them, you're not going to win them. Hallelujah. We would like to think Jesus is focused on what we're doing right here today and looking down and smiling. But you know what? You know, you, you know who he's focused on today? He's focused on those people that are, that are walking aimlessly on the sidewalks of Nashville those under the bridges, those who are locked up in prisons, in jail, those in the nursing homes, orphanages. I've heard people argue about if Jesus was to come to church, I mean come to earth, which church would he go to? He wouldn't show up at any of them. You find him with the outcast, the sinner. That's where you'll find him. That's where he went back then, and that's where he'd go right now. That is what led him to Calvary. Church, we got to get a heart for the lost. We got to realize that it's not it's not about me. Hallelujah. God did not call me and place me here to pat everybody on the back and tell you a good story and make you feel good and say how great a people we are because we come to church and we sung a few songs, we had a prayer, we paid our tithes. Hallelujah. The church is here on a mission. Amen. That's why Jesus died. That's why, listen, they did, they did not take his life from him. He said he laid it down. He laid it down. So here we, here we are. As, and, and I'm just saying this to wind up this message. Jesus never fit the mold that the world and the church tried to place him in. Church, we have got some, I heard some minister 
and I don't, I don't, I don't remember which one, which one it was. But I remember some minister one time making a statement, which is was a powerful statement. He said, "We are wasting time." He said, "A lot of us waste prayer time praying for God to bless what we're doing." What? You mean that's a wasted prayer? To pray for God to bless what I'm doing? Maybe, just maybe, you need to find out what God is blessing and start doing what God's blessing. You want to be blessed? Jesus might not fit the mold of what you're doing that you want to be blessed in. Hallelujah. You want to, here we are in America, amen, so, uh, uh, so um, spoilt, we want to bless us. We pray God bless me in my job and my career. Help me, Lord, to make more money. Amen. When, as Brother Kenneth said a while ago, there are people in the world they don't know where their next meal is coming from. You want to be blessed by God? Stop praying for God to bless what you're doing and to start looking around and find what it is God is blessing and start doing that. Do what He's blessing. Don't try to get Jesus to fit your mold. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, Lord. Hallelujah. Did, I think we sung the chorus this morning, didn't we? I'd give myself away. I'd give myself away. Anna, would you come to the keyboard? I'd like you to play and do a song for us just in a second. This time of the year really gets me thinking about a lot of things. And and I will confess, admit, it shouldn't just be this time of year. It should be all the time. All the time. I know that probably even 70% of apostolic people down deep inside really don't believe in the imminent return of Jesus Christ. They say, oh, there's still too much got to happen. Will you wake up and smell the coffee? Um, Brother Vera, I think it was Brother Vera, said it, and, and I'd already heard it. And I don't know, I don't know how many people in here know about it, because for some reason, as usual, our media. Is not letting everybody know about it. But Brother Revere told us in 
the men's conference about the middle of last week Israel started shutting down their embassies in countries all over the world and have put out a call for their ambassadors to come back to, uh, to Israel anybody, anybody here hear that did you know that happened? It happened. I got the message. I have Jer Jerusalem Post sent to, uh, sent to my iPad and my phone every day. I read the front page of Jerusalem Post because I know I can't trust ABC, CBS, and NBC. What does the Prime Minister of Israel know that we don't know? What is causing him to start to bring back his ambassadors from various countries? I believe. I preached a message on some things that had to happen while we were still at FAC. And one of those things is, I said, one of those things is that you're going to see that Israel, let me tell you something, it don't matter. I don't care if our Congress and our President are, I even heard that they are, they're going to send $12 billion of our tax money over there to Iran. But I'm going to tell you something, Israel is not going to put up with that stuff in Iran. There's going to be a bomb. People expecting World War III real soon. Hallelujah. Amen. We better get a little bit more concerned than what we have been. I've got loved ones. You've got loved ones that are lost. Oh, God. Everybody in this place should be, be at the altar today, if nothing else, if you've got one person in your family who would die lost if this thing ended up tomorrow. you got something to pray about. Let's quit trying to fit Jesus in. Let's let Christ Family Church quit trying to fit Jesus into our mold. Hallelujah. Let's be willing to say, Lord, what is it that you'd have me to do? Let's stand together. If God is talking to somebody's heart today, would you come spend some time in prayer? Go ahead, sis. Hallelujah. Glory to God.